Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, May the 20th in 2020 on When I Rise. We're in year A in the final Sunday, the seventh Sunday of the season of Easter. And on these Wednesdays throughout the Easter season, I've been covering the weekly text from the book of Acts. So I'll be in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. This is the ascension of Jesus. We'll actually officially celebrate the ascension tomorrow, since, since it will be the ascension uh, day, 40 days after Easter, Sunday morning, resurrection morning. So I'm going to read that passage this morning from the book of Acts and provide a couple points of reflection, and then we'll spend some time praying along its theme. Thanks for making this party of morning on When Our Eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going to at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has sent by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem until the, sorry, from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This is the word of God for us. Ancient legend says that when Roman Emperor Vespasian was about ready to die, he thought he was becoming a god and transforming from a human being into a divine being. When Julius Caesar was getting ready to pass away and he actually died, one of the ways in which his son Augustus uh, wanted to honor him is by to declare that his father had become a god upon his death. And uh, Tiberius did the same for his father Augustus after Augustus died. And so you have this sentiment, this pattern of behavior in the New Testament world where those who are prominent in the world, uh, be emperors of empires, were considered to be godlike. And there was this cult-like worship of the emperor. And so here it's really interesting that as Jesus is spending time with his disciples, um, he's already raised from the dead, it's coming down to 40 days that he has spent time with them. That as he's ascending into heaven, Jesus gives them a task. And he gives them a task to go to the ends of the earth and to bear witness for about all the things that they have seen Jesus say and do. Uh, Jesus says, I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll notice their question. We've talked about this before on this podcast. Their question was, are you at this time going to make all of our dreams come true in Israel? And Jesus responds, in a vague sense, by pushing their question to the side, but then he commissions them not just to go to Jerusalem, not just to go to their own people in Galilee, not just to go to, into their lived-in enemies to the Samaritans, but to go to the ends of the earth and to be witnesses of the Lord. This is one of the trajectories, one of the timelines of the book of Acts, is it starts in Jerusalem and it goes all of the way to Rome. And there's a task given to the church 
to declare that Jesus of Nazareth and not Caesar is the one Lord of the world. But there's a, a big difference between the way that the Roman uh, royalty was doing this and the way that Jesus is asking his friends to do this. It was of self-interest, motivated political interest for the family members to declare that Caesar uh, was a god because it keeps their kingdom in power. Uh, if there's ever was ever a question of whether they should move on to a different family, uh, they just hurry up and they scramble together and say, no, uh, we need to keep this band together because our family is cranking out divine beings left and right. What's different about the followers of Jesus is that they're not in the family. <laughs> um, they're not really that important. They are fishermen, uh, former tax collectors, people uh, on the margins of society, among the chronic poor. And Jesus says, I want you to go, and with all the boldness that you have in your hearts and the grace that God gives you, I want, to pro- I want you to proclaim good news. That uh, Israel's God has acted in human history. He's rescuing and he's saving. And he's doing all of this in the name of Jesus, uh, the Nazarene who was crucified by Rome. This is a tall task uh, because who among the greater population would have believed in such a tale? But it, their their witness and their confession was attested again and again by miracles, signs, and wonders. And so they were doing wonderful things and they were caring for the poor and they were stitching together this interesting little community, a community that no one had ever seen before, a great diversity. And perhaps their greatest strength was the vastness of their diversity. I think that's true of the church today. That today, you and I as Christians, we wake up and we pray to the same God. And some Christians, an hour before us, woke up and they pray to that same God. And Christians, six hours before us this day, they woke up and they pray to the same God. And they're given the same task as the first followers of Jesus, which is to bear witness to all that he has said and all that he has done. And he continues to say and he continues to do. So if there be any discouragement today in our hearts... Any thought of being overwhelmed, we can have confidence in this. The God who is with them is the God who is with us. He's the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So my friends, may we approach this day with boldness, confessing once again that the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. He dwells within us, and we dwell within his one body, his worldwide community that seeks to make much of Jesus today. So may we pray and may we act as if that is so. Let's pray together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're a good and generous God. God, I thank you that you've drawn us into your worldwide family, and not just those, uh, which is a family not just of those who are alive today in the faith, but those who have gone before us, and the ones that you'll add after us, both this day and for years upon years until Jesus tarries. God, we thank you that we're not alone. And what we can see in moments of bewilderment and moments of chaos and moments when we feel faint, that we can dwell upon the vastness of our story. How from different communities and different continents at different times and ages and seasons, in seasons of plenty and seasons of lack, in seasons where the power was with the church, in the seasons where the power the church was powerless because it was on the margins of society. The, it's been the same truth because you're the same God and the same power and presence that was within their witness is in ours as well. So God, may you help us to strengthen our weak arms and our feeble knees. 
Maybe not be overwhelmed by guilt because of our wrongdoing or our faults or the way that we have fallen down and given up. May we not be uh, dogged, dogged by the different temptations that happen in our life. Uh, God, may we not be um, overwhelmed uh, by the uncertainty of what might happen today or tomorrow. God, we thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. Your power is perfected in our weaknesses. So God, in the place of our weakness, may your power arise. May salvation spring up among our expressions of church. May you dwell among us and may you draw all people to yourself. Yes, even in this day. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.